And a good afternoon to you. Thank you for being on board on a, what, Thursday afternoon. And we appreciate you being with us. And this is drive time. And, of course, we'll take prayer requests and we'll have prayer time at the end. And it's live every day. And this is now, well, how long? 30, I know 33 complete years. Seems like we started the prayer time program in the fall of 87, but I'm not 100% sure of that. I was the morning announcer initially. You may remember that. It was me, uh, Christy Johnson, Larry Spears, and Don Johnson. That was the original weekday lineup. I opened every morning. And... Uh, I, that was started in January the 31st of 87. Christy and Joe got married in the early part of June. I got Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever and almost died. And uh, they, uh, I couldn't even run the radio, couldn't do anything. And so I was, I was out for the summer. And I think the fall of the year that year, and I'd have to think about that. I know it was never it was never up at 105 Mole Arcade, so it was always it would have been after the move, and we moved the end of October of '87. So somewhere around that time is when we started this program. And uh, so, what did I just feel? Did you feel? Did you feel that? Did you just feel that was? It? Did they pull a shot at the query? What did I just feel? I felt something here in the console. I had my hands on the console. Well, anybody else feel anything? Maybe there's somebody. I, I don't know. Uh, nobody else says they felt anything. Okay, well, maybe maybe I'm, you start hearing things and seeing things. Maybe I'm feeling things. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're glad to have you with us, and uh, we appreciate you being on board here on a Thursday. Let's take a quick look at traffic. You know, traffic's been really behaving itself lately, and I, I don't know what we attribute that to. Uh, just not been a whole lot to talk about. Uh, Asheville, uh, today there is a little bit of a slowdown coming down from UNCA and on the bridge west. But other than that, around the town, that's about the normal, you know, right there. As you cross Broadway coming west, that's always off the pace. But everything else looks in pretty good shape. 25, 25A, uh, they're fine this afternoon. No, no issues. Down by the river's good, 191, and so no problems there. Did you hear the talking about making 191 a four-lane? Did you hear that? Well, they need to. They really do. They, they really need to make that road. They need to make it that road a four-lane all the way to Mills River and make it as a detour to I-26. That's what needs to happen, just like they did 25. They do. And i tell you something else they need to do. They need to widen 25A and at least take 25A to three lanes so that the traffic continues to move even though it's turning. At least take it to three lanes. Four is better. Three at least. And of course they did. You know, they have widened Sweden Creek uh, coming out of Asheville a ways. And they stopped. But it needs to be widened further. Uh, give us some give us some alternate routes, okay? 
remind you that 276 South is closed until February the 12th. That's in the Crusoe community. Local traffic only there. Uh, looking this afternoon, an unusual slowdown, and I'm not sure what it's about. It is. It begins at 101. This is I-85 in Spartanburg County. I-85 northbound across 290 up around StarTex to the Welford exit 29. On the northbound side, pretty slow. Okay, I just got it. it they just posted. We do have a wreck there. And it is uh, near, just before you get to Highway 29, and it is causing uh, considerable slowdown northbound. Southbound, your normal problems, you know, around the airport down to Pelham and then slowdowns from 385 north up to Pelham. That's just normal uh, for this time of the day. No big, no big surprises there. And really no big surprises in the weather as well. Uh, this is about as inactive a radar for as long as uh, yeah, we've had in a while. Yeah, we have been weatherless. Uh, well, everything, the jet is high, the jet stream is high, everything's staying high. Everything coming out of Canada is coming down through the Great Lakes, crossing through New England, and right back out. Uh, nothing dipping down our way. High pressure dominates the, uh, the entire uh, eastern seaboard. Well, I say that, the mid-Atlantic uh, and high pressure in the south as well. So they're, you know, they're still getting snows and rains and all kinds of things from the Canadian Rockies uh, sliding down. But instead of driving straight down through the United States into the four corner sections like we typically see in the winter, these things are sliding much further east and staying much further north. And uh, we've got heavy snow in Duluth, Minnesota, and 17 degrees is the current. That's the current. Yeah. And so, you know, it is, the winter is still here in parts of the country, but it's just not in our part of the country. And the weatherman says, eh, there's a little tiny chance of something, and that's on Saturday night. There's going to be a, you're going to see a big change. I told you about that big change, that big shift. Possibility of some precipitation along that front as it passes us. Well, I'll give you for instance, we're talking about 34 tonight, clear skies and 61 tomorrow, 38 tomorrow night. Here's the catch. On Saturday, we've got sunshine and 58. Then things change. The front passes us. We've got a little chance of some precipitation sliding up that front, and we're down to 29. But the catch is Sunday is mostly sunny with some clouds, but the high is only 41. 18 Sunday night, 44 Monday, 23 Monday night. Warms back up a little bit, 50 by Tuesday. And then we start to see a chance of something by Wednesday night and Thursday, but the temperatures are not near freezing, so it looks like rain, if anything. So a long, dry spell. There is the word snow is in the forecast. It is Saturday night, chance of rain and snow. However, it's only 20%. We'll watch that pretty close. It does have the possibility of doing something, but, yeah, it's, it's not does not look like a... Uh, a big threat. Can I say it that way? No, it doesn't look like a big threat coming up for us. All right. Listeners portion today on the 10th day of the month of February, and it is, the listeners portion today is being 
sponsored. If I can get my, oh, I see what it is. I've got a box open. There we go. Got it to move now. Uh, the, uh, the general budget today is being sponsored by the Providence Missionary Baptist Church in Jasonville, Indiana, in thankfulness for God's goodness. But we appreciate Providence Baptist. They're friends. We appreciate them. Jasonville, Indiana. God bless you. And the network budget is being sponsored by Bethany Riley and Marie Ramoth. It's in honor of their 14 years of friendship. They gave, give thanks to the Lord every day for each other. Proverbs 27, 17. Thank you. We appreciate Bethany and Ramoth. And both of these girls are Inupak. Inupak Native Alaskans. And they are products of the mission field. And uh, we're very proud of both of them. To God be the glory. Inupak, they are, Inupak are typically the coastal uh, Native Alaskans. And they're also known as Eskimos. They prefer to be called Native Alaskan or by their tribal name, Inupak. They have their own language, their own customs. There's two types of, uh, of Native Alaskans, uh, uh, Yupik and Inupak. Those are the two main tribes. And they're not to be confused with American Indians. No, they are not. They are, just as we say, Native Americans. These are Native Alaskans. Yeah. Yep. 17 days until Sherathon, And, uh, of course, praying today for the weary to be encouraged. And so help us to do that. And uh, we're praying for that for the upcoming Sherathon. So I said, what is a Sherathon? Well, you've heard of a marathon where you run a long time. You ever heard of a triathlon where you, what, swim and then you run or ski and then you shoot? Something like that. They're different kinds. Uh, so bottom line, a marathon is where you give for a long time. Okay. And uh, it's a week of giving. And uh, we have been doing it. This will be the 35th annual Sherathon. This will be the 35th. It sure will. And we are excited about it. And it's, Sherathon's a bittersweet time for us around here. And I say that. It's a bittersweet time for me. I don't know about everybody else, but for me it is. And I don't mind asking on behalf of somebody else. And we've spent a, a lifetime doing that, raising money for missions and other needs of other folks all over the place. I led an effort before WGCR was ever gospel uh, to do a liver transplant for a young lady. And so, you know, that was, you know, that was in 1985, I believe it was. And so been doing that for a very long time. But I always have hated asking on our own behalf for our own ministry. So we, we do it once a, once a year. We do it for seven days. And then we don't talk about it for the rest of the year. The only time you hear us talk about it is when we're thanking folks. And by the grace of God, the Lord has seen fit to supply our needs each and every year. This coming year, we have basically two categories, and uh, they are the same in essence, meaning that we're going to be, uh, we read these on the hour, every hour anyway. And so uh, the general budget, We'll read it on the hour, uh, every hour, for AM, FM, Internet, all of it. It'll be posted on our website every, every hour, I mean, throughout the day, the day you're sponsored, and then also we'll read it once an hour on all 
uh, three stations, and then the same thing for the network budget. Uh, AM, FM, Internet, it'll be broadcast, and that will be the network budget. So the general budget and the network budget. And uh, this year our uh, goal is $400 per day uh, for each, for the general budget and for the network budget. And, of course, they do have their respective places uh, that they, you know, the, the, that they operate under and they operate in. But uh, we... We typically, how can I say it? We have been doing the the we've had it called the AM sponsors, so we do those when the AM's on, and then we only say the FM's occasionally, and then we will do the FM's all night long. Well, this year we're going to switch out because it's not truly FM and it's not truly AM. General covers some of the elements, some of the expenses of the FM and the internet. Some of the staff are shared. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, we have staff that are assigned the preaching channel, staff that are assigned the music channel, and typically that's, you know, th that's born in the general budget, even though they're working in those areas. So there's a lot of crossover. The network helps us to broadcast, of course, the FM, the Internet, and the other three channels, music, preaching, and video. And then all of our video channels, as far as being picked up on Roku, Apple Television, Google, uh, Amazon Fire, and Google TV. We're on all of those platforms. Did I say Roku? And uh, yeah, we're on all of those. And you can take download an app on your on your smart television. You can watch. You can listen. Everything on your large screen TV, all the time. You can use that instead of a radio if you've got internet. So yeah, and uh, we're excited. Glad glad that that's the case, and glad that that can happen. But obviously, it comes at a price, you, as you can well imagine. It comes at a price. And so thank you for your giving and for your faithfulness to give through the years. God's people have been so very faithful to us. And I would have to say that uh, if, if, the, you know, if, if nobody ever gave another dime, we'd still have to spend the rest of our lives just thanking God for what they have done, you know. Just uh, God's been so good to us, and we bless his name. I'm trying to alphabetize our towns as I'm talking, and I believe I got it done. Akron, Asheville, Brevard, Fort Mill, and, and by the way, I've got multiples on many of these. Franklin, Greenville, Hendersonville, Houston, Joplin, Lancaster, Logan, Madison, Nassau, Plymouth, Raleigh, Rock Hill, St. Louis, San Jose, Springdale, Silva, the United Kingdom, Europe, Pakistan's with us, and Weaverville. And we're glad to see everybody. God bless you. Appreciate you so much being on board this afternoon. Okay. Well, it's been a busy day. We've been, I was been involved in an international uh, conference this morning. Uh, uh, concerning the homegoing of missionary Mike Overton and uh, the future of some things. We, we were online with Bolivia and uh, the future of, of things there. And so we were trying to, to help and to, and to work the best that we can. And so we, uh, we got where, and the service, by the way, will be in Winston-Salem at noon 
Uh, Winston-Salem, noon. Let me, let me get back to it. So Winston-Salem, noon, Saturday, February the 12th. And there will be a visitation and family viewing and visitation at 1045 Saturday morning. And the funeral service will be at 12 noon. I'll have the service. And then the uh, there will be, of course, uh, the burial will follow. And there will be a graveside. And the Hayworth Miller Funeral Home on the Silas Creek Parkway in Winston-Salem, is handling the services and I have had a lot of people ask if the service is going to be uh, televised and we've been in touch with the funeral home this afternoon they do not have the facilities and so we are right now trying to see if we have my biggest issue is manpower just to be honest with you uh, I, to, if I have the manpower to pull off a, a international broadcast, if it does happen and we can make it happen, we're going to have a bilingual service because we'll have far more in South America join us than in North America, and so everything I do will be doing. I'll be doing bilingual. All the music and everything will be bilingual, if we indeed can broadcast it. But we're still. The jury's still out on that question. We're still trying to round it up and see if we can make it happen. We are also uh, trying to see if we can uh, have a, uh, a flag detail at the graveside. So we're looking at that. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're working, working in that direction right now. So a lot, lot going on, a lot going on. So we say to God be the glory. Of course, our, our initial involvement in the country of Bolivia, South America, was because of Mike Overton. And uh, now uh, we inherited uh, prior to this, when, when John Gunner died, I never met John Gunner. I stayed in his home and drove in his truck, but I never met him. He was on furlough. So I stayed with Mike, and so we uh, uh, did stay in John's home. But when John died a few years ago, uh, Tabernacle Baptist in Virginia Beach could, felt they could no longer effectively manage the mission. And so they asked us to take it because we had two of our Americans there under their auspices. And so they are a nationally recognized board. Anchor is not. And because of the situation, political situation, we can't get. Uh, recognized there. It's, we just can't get recognized. So what we're doing, uh, what we did, uh, we assumed the mission board, John Gunner's mission board, Tabernacle Baptist Missions Bolivia, based out of Virginia Beach, named after Tabernacle Baptist in Greenville, but it was actually out of Virginia Beach. And so in South America, we are Tabernacle, Tabernacle Baptist Missions Bolivia. Uh, so uh, uh, Tabernacle Baptist Missions, TBMB, is our initials doing, doing ministry as TM, TBMB. Tabernacle Baptist Missions, believe you, we have 22 churches. And then when Brother Johnny Daniels, uh, when he uh, stepped down as senior pastor in Puerto Rico at Calvary Baptist, they had a local mission board through their church primarily for their graduates, and they were handling their support.
and they ask us if we would accept them. That that's as a slate, and in doing so, one of their graduates is Brother Franz Carzion. You prayed for him a whole bunch uh, when he had COVID. I almost lost him a year ago, and when uh, when Brother Franz came on with us as as through Calvary when we merged with them. Uh, Brother Franz is the director of Maranatha in Bolivia, Maranatha Baptist Missions, Bolivia, and he has 66 churches under his charge. And so combined between Tabernacle and Maranatha, which are both part of, their their directors are both part of Anchor, and of course Tabernacle is a part of Anchor, there are 88 churches just in Bolivia alone, as well as we have 74 in, in uh, Venezuela. We have a church in Argentina. We have one in Chile. And then we have missionaries that are, that are out trying to start other works in other countries. And so I believe there's one in, uh, I can't ever remember if it's Uruguay or Paraguay, but I think we have one, I believe it's Uruguay, where we have a church. I have a missionary. I don't think there's a church established yet, but there's a missionary there. And then we have one of our graduates. He will be going back to Bolivia, he's going to the headwaters of the Amazon. He was there during Christmas, came home pretty sick. Uh, and he's still sick, by the way, with sec- post-secondary infections. And, uh, but we are, he is heading back. He'll be starting deputation this summer, heading down to Bolivia as a full-time missionary as well. I am trying to see if I can cool it down in here. They have got it just a little warmer than I can take. And you hate turning the... Uh, you hate turning the air conditioning on, and it's uh, but uh, all this electronics makes it very, very warm in here, and so I am. I think I, I'm not sure if I do or not, so I am turning it up. And if Brianna or somebody can help me with that, if I've not got it right, I never have learned exactly how to use this thermostat. It's a portable thermostat, and I never have learned exactly how to use it. The uh, <laughs> first time I'd ever seen one of those. Uh, you ever seen a portable thermostat that you know, looks, you know, it lays on the coffee table? You know, the new systems have that. It's not on the wall anymore. And first time I ever saw one that was in the Philippines. And I saw it on the wall and I looked at it and I thought, what is that? And it was in Celsius and so I wasn't sure. And so I picked it up and looked at it and I moved it and I realized, okay, it's a thermostat, but I'd never seen one like it. Well. I had some Filipinos that had come in from the islands, and uh, they had never seen one either. <laughs> and they got to playing with it and thought it was the remote remote for the television. They turned it down on about 60. And uh, I asked them, was everything okay? And they said, oh, we, want, we want blankets and quilts. Now, it's 90-something degrees. They're wanting blankets and quilts. And I said, for what? And they said, we're freezing to death. I went in their room and you could hang meat in there. They had got between the mattress and box springs trying to get warm. <laughs> They'd never been that cold in their entire lives. And, and I got to look and they had that air conditioner cranked down low as it'd go absolutely wide open. <laughs> and they thought it was the remote for the television. <laughs> There's some other stuff they did. <laughs> They'd never stayed, I never dawned on me, they'd never stayed in the hotel. They'd never. <laughs> never used indoor plumbing and they didn't know exactly how to fix that either <laughs> and they 
they did some things that I probably ought not tell. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things we take for granted, you know. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Let me say thanks this afternoon to Ann and Frank, and Miss Kena and Cricket and Joseph. Thank you. Appreciate all the kind words. Glad to have everybody watching here this afternoon. Okay. All right. I wanted to, let me mention this. We are in the process. I've asked our Venezuelans, I've asked each of our Venezuelans to send us a short video sharing who they are and what they're doing and, and those things that I might be able to pass those on. And I basically told them the way we're going to do it, the first come, first serve. So the first one that I get their video, they'll be the first one that I hand out to a pastor. And so word got out, that's how we were doing it. And so they very quickly, we have 44 videos here. Yeah. And we've not even, we only had 31 in the conference. There are 74 total, but out of 74, I have got 44 videos in-house. But now what we're doing is we're taking them, we're translating everything that they're saying, and then we're doing a voiceover, a dub over. So they'll come on talking in Spanish, and then we'll have a voice coming on top of them and translate it and tell you what it says. So, but that takes time to hand translate every one of them and then to go in the recording studio and do a multi-part uh, soundtrack and sound dub that. It's, it's a lot to it, but our, so our AV department's involved in that. They're busy with that, but we are getting it. So I've had some people ask about wanting a video and wanting to adopt one of the pastors in Venezuela. And can I tell you, I can't think of a greater place in the world uh, to spend, um, I can't think of a greater place to spend $25 than in Venezuela. I'm telling you, life-changing, $25. But we'll, we'll tell you more about that when we get some of those ready and we're able to get those out. We sure will. But we'll, we'll, we'll give you a little more detail on that. Okay? All right. Well, I'm, I'm, there's something happened recently, and it just kind of nobody really said anything. It just kind of went by. If, I, if it was on the news, I missed it. Of course, you might can tell I don't watch the mainline news. I, I just don't. They uh, and I don't. I, either side, I don't watch it. Well, it's it's turned too much into Hollywood. You can't tell when the news stops and commentary starts. And I, for one, don't like that. Okay, I'm just telling you, I don't like that. So I says, well, you need to watch this channel. They're they, you know they're conservative. No. I don't want any spin on it, if you understand what I'm saying. I don't want news with a spin. I just want news. I don't want somebody telling me what to think. That, I, 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 I do not do well with that when somebody tells me what to think. Matter of fact, I, I, I kick back at that, okay? I don't do well with that. So... Um, what I wanted to share with you is that uh, uh, a uh, something something happened recently, and nobody said a whole lot about it. But 
and I, it's either this Tuesday or last Tuesday. It's Tuesday, but I don't know which Tuesday. I got the story on this Tuesday. The United States of America reached a $30 trillion milestone this week. And it's not a, uh, it's not a good thing. The United States is now $30 trillion in debt. So the Treasury Department reported that the total public debt, outstanding debt, surpassed $30 trillion. So to give you an idea how much that is, it's 3, 6, 9, 12, 13, and the 3 is in the 14th place. So it's 3 with 13 zeros behind it, point zero zero. So you say, well, what's that got to do with me? Well, glad you ask. That means that every household in the United States, if you divide it up, that means that you and I owe $231,000 of government debt that the government has in turn, that has incurred money that we do not have. Now, here's the thing that really concerns me. The interest on the national debt is costing you and I $900 million a day, which equates to $330 billion a year. And that's the interest. That's not paying it down. That's just paying for the interest. Okay, but I'm going to tell you something. That number is extremely low, and here's why. The, the interest rates are at an artificially low, low, low rate due to COVID and the Federal Reserve. And, you know, right now, the Federal Reserve, the short-term Federal Reserve rates are, are near zero. But there's talk of the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. If it does, uh, they are, you know, they have been intervening also. The Federal Reserve has been intervening in the bond market uh, to help keep a lid on longer-term bonds issued by the United States. But let's just do what if, okay? So our interest rates right now that we're paying on this public debt is down near nothing. It's very low. Three, and we're paying, it's almost nothing, and we're paying $330 billion in interest, and the interest rate's very, very low. But because of inflation, if interest rates were to go back to about normal, you say, well, what's normal? Well, right now, is the lowest you've ever been able to buy a house, lowest interest rates, lower than in 1965. FHA in 1965 was like 3.5%. You can get a conventional right now cheaper than that. So what is normal? Well, in, from investor standpoints, from the bond markets and things, a healthy interest rate is around 7%. So I said, well, why, why you use that number? Well, if you were to gear the interest to inflation, the latest consumer price index reading 
is about 7%. Now, here's what would happen, though. If the interest that people expect to hold this public debt rose to 7%, here's what's going to happen. We're not going to be able to even pay the interest. America will not be able to pay the interest if the interest goes to 7%. We're talking about a major budgetary crisis. And unless there was some type of drastic cuts to the budget, some type of dramatic increases in taxes, we would do like Venezuela and enter into a spiral out of control downward. And when America defaults on its debt, friend, the value of the American dollar goes down to nothing. And that doesn't hurt you as long as everything is made in the U.S., as long as you're self-sufficient. In the U.S. and post, in, in, in the World War II and post-World War II, the United States exported far more than it imported. But now, it's the other way around. And if our money becomes worthless on the international market, like Venezuela's did, then we're going to be hungry. And China is going to hold most of our debt. And many of our enemies hold our debt. And so... And here's the problem. They're still spending in Washington. Okay? They're still spending. And there is something that is known to the budget office that you don't have to vote it for anything. You don't have to have any budget increases in anything. Just the number of people who will retire over the next decade and will be receiving federal benefits and federal retirement plus the increased cost if, if inflation stays at 7% then that means the cost of doing business is going to go up by 7% and if it did that consistently for, for 10 years folks we're talking about adding 13 trillion dollars in, in the next 10 years on top of the 30 trillion we owe for a total of 43 trillion. And then 10 years after that, just to service our debt, just to keep the ebb and flow as we currently have it, that's, that's increasing nothing. That's just keeping things as they are. And you know they're not going to do that. They're going to want to spend, spend, spend. You know that. You're talking about another 30 trillion in the decade after that. Bottom line, between now and 2050, there's a, there's a group called the Peterson Foundation. The Peterson Foundation projects that interest will become the fastest growing segment of the federal budget. It will consume nearly half of all taxes by the year 2050. 50% of what, everything that comes in will go to pay the interest on money we already spent. And by that time, what we bought with it is going to be wore out and gone. 
and our grandkids and our great-grandkids are going to end up having to pay for what we wore out and passed the bill down to them. And here's the problem. There's no out of this. Let me say that clearer. There is no way out of this. There's nothing. I mean, economists have been sharpening their pencils for decades. There's no plausible way to get out of this. And when you look at interest payments plus defense, and every time somebody rattles a saber, we got to spend more money on defense, and I'm all for a strong defense. But I also shop the military websites, and I see how that they sell stuff for five cents on the dollar for things that have never even been used. I see it. see it every day. saw it today. I saw it today. I was on a, on a website today, and I saw things the federal government paid a fortune for, and they're selling for pennies on the dollar. And it's like brand new. And, they, and what do we do? We bought another one to replace it, and they're not going to use it either. But because in the federal government, if you don't spend all your budget, you lose it. So there is a penalty for being thrifty. That's how we do it. We penalize agencies for being thrifty and not spending all their budget. We cut their budget. Therefore, nobody's going to be thrifty. They find ways to spend the money. They invent ways. And it doesn't matter which party controls Congress. It doesn't matter which party controls the White House. Uh, the Basically, the momentum that we have established it's like a great big snowball going downhill and nothing or nobody's going to be able to stop it. So, so what are we going to do? What's going to happen? Well, somebody said, well, what if they default? Is it possible? Yes. Yes. It is possible they can default. But there's another way. And this is simply what they do. The Federal Reserve can just create currency that the government needs to pay its bills. So the Federal Reserve can buy Treasury bonds and to the point that, I mean, they could even have a print a, a trillion dollar coin or a tr trillion dollar bill. And so the Treasury buys these, the Federal Reserve buys these from the Treasury, which in turn puts money in. And you don't have to issue any new bonds. But the problem is, and by the way, Obama did it. He called it quantitative easing. We did what? Well, I know we did two. I think we did QE3. Did we do QE4? We basically put more money in the system to try to rec revive the, uh, the 08 crisis. So I said, well, hey, 
if they can just create money out of nothing, why don't they do that? Well, when you create free money out of nothing, the old saying is nothing's free. Well, here's the deal. The more they print, the less it's worth. And so what happens is those of us that are holding U.S. dollars and, of course, all the dollar is is a IOU from the federal government, you will see that purchasing power go down and down and down. Let me give you an illustration. If you have a pie and there are four people for supper and you cut it in four slices, that's a pretty good chunk of pie. That's a quarter of a pie. But the doorbell rings and it's the neighbors. So you invite them in and there are four of them and you say, you know, we were just sitting down to some pie. Would you all like some? And they said, yeah, we'd love some. All you do is just take the knife and you cut each of those slices. You just slice it again. And instead of serving quarter slices of pie, you serve eighth slices of pie. There's only one pie. There's only one pie. And the thinner you slice it, the less pie the people get. You see what I'm saying? Well, I want a slice of pie. Well, if you got a slice of pie in the first cut, you got a quarter of a pie. But if they cut it and issue eight slices, you only got an eighth of a pie when you got your piece. And then the kids are out playing and they all come in hungry. And there's eight of them. Now what we're going to do? Well, we got to cut it again. So now we take that eighth of a pie and we cut it into sixteenths. And everybody gets a little but nobody gets much. And by the way, you say, well, I, they, don't, they, they shouldn't do that. They won't ever do that. They already are. The, the government is issuing bonds with uh, negative real yields. And so basically, it, what it, the effect it has is that it, it, it sticks the bondholder with the equivalent of confiscatory taxes on their holdings. So there's, there's books out called The Great Devaluation. Uh, it's called Currency Debasement. And so I, don't, I, I guess what I'm saying is, and when you know, as this continues, you're going to see prices go crazy. You're going to see things that don't make much money become in short supply because people, they don't, you know, there's not much money in it, so they're not going to make it. Simple commodities like sugar, salt, simple commodities, and the things that everybody does want and are in high demand, you're going to see those get jacked up way up. You go to other countries and you see it all the time. And you see things that are so far out of whack. And you're thinking, why in the world 
is, is this so messed up? And it's because their economy's messed up. And they're paying eight bucks for a gallon of gas. And yet a Coke's 20 cents. And you can't figure out what is going on here. That's what it is. Okay? And then there's so many things you can't get. Already go in the grocery store and look around at the shelves. The day was that you could go in and you could get 10 kinds of mayonnaise. You had every kind of mayonnaise known to man. And you had the store brand, you had the, the main brands, you had the, the national brands, you had the regional brands. I mean, mayonnaise, 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 mayonnaise. Go in the store and look now. There will be one or two brands and maybe a store brand. But that's it. All right, look at it. Go in and look at it. And what you'll see in the stores is, instead of having different brands, they'll have more of the same brand in the same shelf space. Our options are shrinking. And you're going to see businesses going out at an alarming rate. Right now, the, an ex, a, a, a list exists of 32 national chains of restaurants that are in danger of closing the doors between now and the end of this year. 22. 22 major restaurant chains are in danger of closing their doors forever. Oh, yeah. In real jeopardy. Somebody said, well, it's COVID's fault. Kinda. But the $15 minimum wage... Um, government paying people to stay home. There's a whole lot of things. A whole lot of things that are playing into this. I, for one, am tired of eating in the car. I'm tired of the of the uh, of the of the the uh, restaurant, the dining hall being closed. I'm tired of that. I'm fixing to start boycotting restaurants that don't have a place you can go in and sit down. I'm tired of eating off my steering wheel. I'm tired of it. I'm going to start eating at those places that will open the door. Somebody said, well, they can't get no help. As I said. And they're going to use COVID to blame it all on. But I want you to understand that right now we are at a 40-year high. In inflation not since 1982 the post Carter years have we ever seen anything like this yeah we're there it is absolutely crazy and uh, you know we're there and there's there's two types of inflation, and I, I don't, I'm not an economist, and I'm not going to get, I don't want to get too, too technical, but there's, there's one called cost push, cost push inflation. And this is where production costs, materials, wages, all that increase. Supply declines due to the higher cost, and businesses pass the cost on to the consumer through higher prices. That's what's going on in the restaurants. Have you eat out? Have you seen what the restaurants are charging? It's crazy. It's called cost push. 
because all of their costs have gone up. They push it out to the consumer. But then there's another one called demand pull inflation. And this is where consumer demand surges, like Amazon did, like Lowe's, Home Depot. Uh, the supply declines due to higher demand, which in turn means that consumers are willing to pay more and the prices rise, like plywood. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Everybody stayed home and built decks spring before last. So there was no wood. There's no anything. The home improvement stores were empty. It's crazy. And so, you know, we, you know, just just to give you just to give you an idea, I've got I've got the past, well, I've got the past 50 years here. It goes back to 65. 1965, the inflation rate was 1.92. Let's jump forward to 1975, 6.94. 1985, 3.80. 1995, 2.54. In the year 2005, 3.42. In the year 2015, 0.73 was the inflation rate. 2021, 7%. 7%. Let me back my chart up here. 7%. We have not seen 7%. Reagan, post, post Jimmy Carter, it was, here's the, here's the record, okay? 78, it was 9.02. 79, 13.29. In 80, 12.52. By 81, Reagan got it down to 8.92. By 82, Reagan got it down to 3.83. But this is the highest since 1981. Do you all remember how bad that was? Do you remember what happened? Remember what gold did? Remember what interest rates did? you remember all that? Well, if you don't, uh, I'll be glad to talk to you about it. Okay? I'll be glad to explain it to you. I was trying to start a family during those days. I was trying to... Oh, yeah, I was trying to, oh, yeah, I was working a job, and I was trying to, uh, all, the, all the startup, everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it said, Arkansas, everything's open. Well, it could be around here, but they can't get no help. And so everything's closed. Uh <laughs> Somebody's asked me, said, have you ever seen two presidents so equally loved and hated by both sides? Uh, well, anyway, uh, if you go back to the, uh, if you go back to the old formula and, and inflation, it's much higher. I, I, I tend to agree with that. And, uh, yep. And so the, when you take the essentials and when you, there's the, the, th the four G's, okay? <laughs> the three G's. Guns, gold, and grub. you got to have those. And gas. So we'll go four. Look at those four and look what it is. It's higher than 7%. Way higher. Home prices, way up. And you know what the forecast is? Home prices to increase by between 13 and 17% in our area in the next 12 months. I'm serious. Best thing you can do is set on your house. 
You can't make interest like that anywhere in this world. <laughs> Where you can't play the market and make that kind of interest. You sit on your house. If it's going to go up with that kind of money, sit on your house. So I said, well, what do we do, preacher? Get out of debt. Get out of debt. Putting money back does not help because it devalues. So get out of debt. And invest in things that, in things that people are going to need and are going to be willing to pay for. Invest in things that people need and are going to be willing to pay for. That's what you invest in. Somebody says cryptocurrency. No, not me. No, 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 no. Not me. Uh, so I said, well, you don't understand it. I actually do understand it. I've got a grandson who has trained me well in it. And he's dabbling in it. But I see that as the downfall of the American dollar. I really do. And you do know that an exploratory committee has released a report about FedCoin, a digital United States dollar. Oh, I'm very serious. Folks, you talk about messed up. You talk about, yeah. And I agree, Double, uh, 0770, if the government says it's 7%, it's more? Absolutely, way more. Way, way more. But again, that's their number. So if they are releasing that much, you better know it's higher than that. And again, take the essentials and you do the crunch the numbers on the essentials. Yeah. Not everybody has to have this, this, and this. We don't have to have that. But everybody does have to have this, this, and this. Not everybody has to drink liquor, but everybody needs water milk. Not everybody has to smoke cigarettes, but everybody needs eggs and butter. See what I'm saying? Not everybody has to drink beer, but everybody needs meat and potatoes. If you take the essentials and look at the numbers on the essentials, we are in an upward spiral and let me just say this. Right now in our warehouse, we are the thinnest that we have been in 15 years, roughly. And the reason is I can't buy food. There's not any. And if I bought it, I would pay retail plus prices for it. And you could go to Walmart and get it cheaper and I could sell it to you. We still got some things at the old pricing, but I just can't replace it. I can't get anything. And that scares me. I used to get emails every day for tractor trailer loads from all over America wanting us to buy it. You know how long it's been since I got an offer for a tractor trailer load of food? One year. One, I bought the last one I got. It was in February of last year. It has now been one year since I've even had an offer for a full load of food on the surplus market. I can get toothpicks. I can get pickles. I can get uh, aluminum foil. I just can't get food. Beans and taters. I'm very serious. 
can't get it. So, and we're hooked up in a, in a, on a national level. We're hooked up with with some of the largest salvage and surplus companies in the, in the in America. We're clients. We can't get it. And when I see the prices they want for this stuff, like I say, you can go to the store and buy it cheaper than I can, because they buy it by the trainload. When Ingalls buys cans of beans, how many how many how many beans you think they buy at a time? Tractor trailer after tractor trailer after tractor trailer load of beans. Of course they do. I can't I can't invest in an entire tractor trailer load of beans. I would be beaned out. We'd be bean poor. See what I'm saying? I've got to get the mix loads and there's not any. And there's not any salvage because people are buying the scratch, they're buying the dent, they're buying the out of date, they're buying everything down to the walls. You know, no matter what it is, they're stripping the shelves of it. Just saying. Lord help us. I see the sign off time. I do that. Uh, I am looking here to see. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm still in good shape. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it. We won't be able to do the headlines. I will take it on up to and do the sign off here. So I appreciate my director alerting me to that. Thank you. Okay, so we're about two minutes away from sign off here tonight. Uh, leave the, the AM will continue on the FM and on the internet, but we, the AM will be leaving us. And so we appreciate the day, appreciate God's goodness and grace. Uh, the trucker strike in Canada. Man, strikes are tough, okay, but I understand them. I understand their frustration. I understand what's going on. I do. But it's the Canadian people that's going to pay for that one. We are, we're totally into trucks. America runs on trucks. Diesel fuel, truck drivers, truck stops, interstate highways. Everything comes in on truck. We're pulling up the train tracks. We're pulling them up all over the place. Everything comes in by truck. Let the truckers union in America strike and see what happens. You talk about going hungry. Oh, yeah. And China is buying more food than any other nation right now. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, yes, they are. Okay. I saw my first deer cartoon with a mask on, and uh, I saw it. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, you know the frustration of our heart. Lord, you know all the things that befall us. Lord, we pray you'd help us not to get our tent stakes driven too deep down here, but be looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Save the soul that's nearest hell. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen.